Welcome to Tractionville, a podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with Benj Miller. And today we have a very unique guest, Craig and Jason from Syrup Marketing. But I'm actually going to hand this over to Benj to cue it up. Uh, for a little context and a little disclosure, so Syrup Marketing is one of my companies that I co-founded with Craig, who's on here, Visionary. Um, but the backstory is before we created Syrup, uh, we had another company called iSpeak, E-Y-E-S-P-E-A-K, that was around for 10 years before that. We are really focused on um, kind of the front end of brand and marketing, the visual identity, the brand strategy, web development, collateral, all that stuff. And clients really needed to know it, the analogy we used is we created a Ferrari, handed them the keys. They had no idea what to do with it. So they were like, what do we, how do we weaponize this in market? Craig and I started syrup about nine months in, we merged the two. And so Craig was a visionary that had started syrup while I was a visionary that had started. I speak, we put them together, uh, the company's syrup. And I sat in that visionary chair, uh, because I had 10 years of experience, but the goal, the, the objective was always to move Craig into that seat, which we've done in the last few years. Um, so one of the interesting things that I would love to dig into in this episode is a transition of a visionary in the seat, um, uh, and what that looked like, what it did for the organization, what it was like from you, Craig, moving into that seat, uh, while there was still a visionary hanging around a little bit, um, the, the good, the bad, the ugly there. So we're going to get naked a little bit on this episode and, um, I thank you in advance, Jason and Craig, welcome to the show. Thank you, Glad to be here. Thanks, Chris. So Jason, I'm going to kick this to you first because you and I, as a VI pair, we had a very interesting beginning because you were in a sales role in the organization. One day I was sitting with my coach with a thousand issues. This was way before the idea of EOS. And we were literally in an atrium that had a glass ceiling. And my coach tells this story of, of the, the clouds parting, the sunbeam hitting me in the face. I said, I know what to do. And I got up and left. <laughs> he had no idea what I was going to do. I went back, I walked into your office and uh, I kind of said, Hey, this company's yours, run it, figure it all out. And I don't know if that's how you remember it, uh, but that's how he tells the story. So I'm curious how you remember it and what was going through your mind in that moment. Yeah, so I, I would say that it was um, very similar to that. Uh, I would add that it, there was a, um, a bro hug and a chest bump um, when you delivered that news to me. Um, I, I remember that part of it. And immediately following what was going through my mind was, I have absolutely no idea what that means. Um, I don't know what my job is. I don't know what my roles and responsibilities are. I mean, it was as blank a slate as you could possibly imagine. Um, so went home, talked to my wife that night, um, came in fresh the next day and got to work and, and started figuring out what that was. And would you say in retrospect that it, it really was um, almost an awakening to your unique ability? Uh, I would. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it took a couple of years, I guess, um, some results, um, some learning, um, some, some really awareness rising that, um, 
I was good um, in this particular role. Um, you know, my background had been in, in sales and finance, and um, I, I hadn't actively uh, managed a business before. Um, so I, you know, I leveraged the experience that I had um, to figure things out. And, you know, I did, I, I think you would agree, I thought about things differently than you did. Um, not contradictory, but complementary. Um, how to make things real and how to make things work, not just for the market, but to work for our business as well. So, yeah, I would. So let me ask you guys this question. <clears throat> so when you made that move, Benj, did you go down in the accountability chart to another seat? Well, we didn't have the concept of of a VI pairing, but that's really what we became. When we when we read Rocket Fuel eventually, mm -hmm. um, you know, there were some great tidbits, helpful tools in there, but we were like, we we are this. We mm -hmm. have this. So I I was still um probably that owner visionary without putting that title on it. And then I was also the creative director. So I was uh, reporting to Jason and Jason was reporting to me, which is always an interesting dynamic. Mm -hmm. But if you stick to the tools, then you can have those open, honest accountability conversation. So you, you, you make this pivot, you make this change. When did EOS come into your guy's life? So I, I'll tell that story because I was introduced by to, uh, an implementer showed up in my office, dropped the three inch uh, binder on my desk, started telling me about traction. I'm like, oh, that's interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, he left. I took the book. I literally skimmed through it in about two minutes. I was like, oh, yeah, there's some I know all this. Handed it to my to Jason. Jason, I was like, hey, somebody just dropped this off. You should look at it, read it. And um I don't think we did anything with it for three years. So you skimmed it. Jason, did you pick it up at all and read it? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I think the, the thing that stood out the most was to Benj's prior point was we were already operating out of the, the basic construct of a VI pairing. Um, so I think there was after, you know, kind of, browsing the book a little bit, there was a, at least in my mind, a belief that, hey, we maybe are already doing this because we had one component of it figured out. Um, so I think for at least from my seat, that's kind of why um, we, we didn't press any further at that point. So what was the, what happened in the future for you guys to then say, hey, wait a minute, let's go grab that book off the shelf. I was sitting in my peer group and a buddy of mine was showing me, we were just, it was out of break. He was showing me his scorecard, his VTO, his accountability, all this stuff. And he's telling me how it's just absolutely accelerating, not just the the growth of the company, but the health of the company. And I was sold like the way he sold me because I was seeing the results from it. And uh, somebody that Jason and I had previously met and created a relationship with Tom Bauer had become an implementer during the season when we decided not, you know, when we didn't do anything to when we wanted to do something. And that was right at the merger. So when we decided to do a merger, we're like fresh slate. We get to do everything from scratch, uh, but we need to do it with the system. And that's when we brought in Tom to guide us in our EOS implementation. That was beautiful. What Jason left out was when I dropped the company on his desk, we were not in good shape at all. Hmm. And so he truly led a, a turnaround in that season. 
And then going into the season when, you know, I met Craig, I met Craig and I was looking for a VI to run that company. I was not looking to be in that company at all. Um, I was looking to somebody to, to partner with, to run it. And uh, I knew Craig was the, the guy from, uh, for me, it starts with character. So he had the character and then he had the competence and then we had some chemistry together. Uh, in retrospect, we were probably there too long. I regret not elevating him into that position beforehand. Um, and in re- what happened when I finally elevated him, it was my analogy that I've told people is like letting a thoroughbred out of their out of the gate. Hmm. He had more horsepower than I even imagined. And he was so humble and gracious and waiting for that. Uh, Craig, I want you to speak to that, to the humility in the waiting, because I think there's a lot to be learned from that. But then uh, the transition and what that was like for you, let you think about it for one second while we thank our sponsor. Do you need help hiring your next superstar? Have you ever hired someone to learn that they don't align with your culture and core values? Vision Spark is the go-to resource for companies running on EOS. Their team of search professionals are experts in people. Vision Spark's proprietary process ensures that you hire the right person for long-term cultural fit and bottom-line growth. Let Vision Spark strengthen the people component of your business. Vision Spark, right search, right team right seats. You can visit VisionSpark at VisionSparkSearch.com. So Craig, you had, we were, we were co-working in the same office between iSpeak and Syrup and you got to watch iSpeak for nine months and then we put the whole thing together and we finally pulled the trigger, moved you into that visionary seat. Talk about what was going through your head, your emotions, um, and then ultimately the successes and failures, hard things about uh, that transition. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I thought about was what needed changed, if anything, and what needed to stay the same but uh, have my uh, look and feel. So, you know, I asked myself the questions around the values of the business. So when we switched, uh, and I moved into the visionary seat asking myself, are those the values that uh, I think that I can carry first and foremost to inspire the team to live them out the same? And those were, those were set and I felt good about that. So that gave me confidence that, you know, from, you know, going from you to me, uh, we had the same language that we could talk. Uh, and so that was helpful. But, um, you know, it, it was strange and just, you know, I'm just imagining and, and remembering sitting in our conference room and having this conversation. And you look at the people in the room and, and their eyes, are, and I didn't know what, the, what they were thinking. And I think that was just a, a curious thing for me is, hey, we're making this switch. The values of the business and, and where we're going isn't really changing, but I am going to be the one to lead it forward. And uh, so I thought a lot about how to bridge that gap and, and just curious what people, you know, were thinking because we have a pretty uh, quiet room in those types of scenarios. A lot of time, a lot of shaking head. Yeah, we're good to go. And then it was over with. And so then it was the what's next after that. And as of a visionary putting your new stamp or, or fingerprint on things, what was your lens that you used? Because you, you said the values weren't going to change and the vision direction wasn't going to change. How did you evaluate everything else? 
really just, you know, what I felt I could do moving into that seat was to bring a, a, a drive and a passion that uh, I had a full tank for, you know, so I felt like um, you, you used the analogy of the thoroughbred. I, I would agree with that. I and mean, I felt like man, I, have, I have all this energy to really motivate people. And so um, it was really just about that. How, how do I take what we have and just bring more attention to it, more energy to it, more focus around talking about our values, how they're lived out. And then ultimately uh, I felt like my job was to really bring uh, the two identities that were still inside of Syrup together. And so, you know, one of the challenges of bringing I speak and Syrup together is I speak at a larger team. Syrup had a few people in it. Uh, but when we merged things together, we ran for a couple of years and it still felt like, uh, okay, inside the walls, I speak did its work and Syrup did its work, even though we were all Syrup. And so, uh, the things that I saw differently were how do we leverage the culture that we have, but bring them together so we don't talk about ourselves in two voices like we're still two separate companies and how do I bring the passion of people to see that we all uh, are on the same mission together to, to grow small companies and to stop looking at it uh, just through those previous lenses. Jason, they talk about the VI pair like a marriage. So you and I were married got divorced, you got a new wife in business sense. Talk about that transition. Uh, so I, I think the biggest thing from the two was because you each have such different strengths, um, it, it, it was my job to learn how to put you, uh, put Craig into position to utilize those. Um, meaning had we just done what we did in terms of our relationship and how you were engaged with the company internally and how you were engaged with the market externally, if we would have run the same playbook, um, it wouldn't have worked as well. Um, so I think just really understanding that although the accountability structure and the roles and the responsibilities didn't change, um, the, the strengths of the individual did change um, and, and, and that requires um, some adaptation. Hmm. Um, what was the impact on your VTO? Well, so we were, uh, Chris, we were about a year uh, after the transition. Uh, we had uh, our owner's box meeting, and that was um, the, the time where it was time for us to really reassess the VTO. Um, we'd, we were coming to the end of our most recent uh, one-year plan, and it appeared to be um, completing successfully. So we took uh, a longer look out um, with with Craig now as visionary, and uh, we felt very confident as an owners group that the market opportunity was there for us, and that we were strong enough uh, as an internal company culture um, process uh, to risk what we had achieved um, in in order to go after doubling our business. So um, our VTO changed in that uh, we decided we over our next three-year plan, uh, we would double um, in size. Um, and, and that was largely, you know, a, a tip of the hat to Craig in that there was confidence that he not only had stepped in admirably, but um, there was more, um, more untapped potential to lead that. Mm, yeah. 
it's interesting because you've got a, a merger and then a VI change all mixed into one. But is it possible to just look at EOS in isolation and understand life before and after the actual impact of EOS on the business? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so iSpeak had been around for 10 plus years. It had a lot of things figured out um, culturally, operationally. Um, it was in the predictable success mode. We were profitable um, in a space that can, to do it consistently was was rare. Um, meanwhile, you know, the first syrup was still very much uh, in startup mode. And on the one hand, I had this accumulated knowledge of how to run a creative agency and how to make it work uh, internally and externally. Um, culture was good. People were happy. Clients were staying. People were staying. You know, everything was working. Um, but on the other hand, I, I, I knew just it was important that the people that came from the syrup side of the house um, had to buy in. Um, it, it couldn't just be these, oh, well, we already know the answer to this question. We already know it. Let's mandate it. Um, we knew that there had to be this buy in. So uh, EOS and the implementation of EOS at that juncture for us sort of served as this um, you know, third party guide to putting down everything, cultural systems, process, any assumptions that how this business was going to work. We put it all now and we use the EOS framework to redevelop and to, to redo it. Now, did we come to the same conclusions that, that maybe I speak already had in some areas? Yes, but it was important that we did it in sort of a, an open-minded, let's come to this conclusion together way. Um, so that it wasn't, to Craig's point earlier, two businesses operating under the same umbrella, that it, it would become ultimately one business. And it helped unify the two companies at that inflection point. Craig, if yeah, you... Yeah, I could just add... Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, the, the way that I, I've found myself describing it is uh, it, because of our interactions with other EOS companies and in, that, in this community, uh, we hear a lot of EOS being kind of taken as corrective medicine. Something was wrong. Something needs change. There's chaos and we need to take some medicine to help us get better. And the way I described our journey or my journey with it in particular too, would be it was preventative medicine. It's like taking the vitamins, eating right, uh, starting from day one. It just uh, was so preventative and keeping us out of the ditch in places that most people would fall in without some system or tool. You guys have invested a lot into the EOS community as a whole, uh, from the conference and um, some uh, the sponsoring our podcast here, which we're so grateful for. Why is that community uh, important to you? It feels like you know you're part of a family that has shared beliefs and uh, and aspirations. You know, we're all in this game of business trying to compete against, in a lot of cases, bigger people with bigger budgets and uh, maybe longer track records. And uh, we think that we've found a service or a product that the market wants and needs and is better. Uh, and we're, we're competing. So what I like and, and really appreciate about the community of, of business owners is that you're there to compete and you are investing into getting better and not just kind of sitting there hoping, crossing your fingers that the business grows or does well. And so you run into so many people like that that are very, very motivated uh, and willing to put investment of dollars, time, energy into uh, continual improvement, which would uh, be a huge 
value inside the walls of syrup and ourselves. It's just if you put us in a room with business owners who want to keep getting better, that's a great place for me to sit. Craig, I want to go back to your your comment. You know, like you're a, you're you're competing against you know larger firms and what have you. What what I'm curious about is what is it about EOS that gives you the smaller entrepreneurial firm a competitive advantage? For me, it's when we serve small companies. And so in order to do high quality work at a price point that small companies can get, it's a win-win value exchange. You've got to be lean. You've got to, you can't afford to just be wasting time, resources, and have fluff and fat in in your model. Uh, If you do, you can't, you can't sustain yourself or you can't charge what uh, small companies need. Uh, to be able to, you know, engage. And so EOS has helped us identify fat and uh, a process and tools with rocks to eliminate it. Jason, uh, I'm, I'm interested in your perspective on this as well. How, how does EOS give syrup a competitive advantage? Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that, that has really given us a competitive advantage is as a small business, Having um, people on my account team and, and the team at large be engaged in L10s um, and some people on the account team being in the SLT room, it gives them a perspective on the issues that small companies are really facing that they maybe aren't bringing to a marketing meeting. Um, and that helps first off with empathy and understanding why things are the way they are, but also it empowers our team to, to bring the right kind of ideas to the table that you know, a company who, who like ours, who serves uh, a Fortune 5 company, you know, might not even be thinking in the right domain to even be able to do that. Mm. Um, so there's a team, team empathy and understanding of our market component that's really enriched. That's great. I, I appreciate you guys sharing uh, both your perspectives on that. So uh, we are in the home stretch of this podcast, guys, and we like to end every podcast with two questions. So, uh, Craig, why don't you take question one, and Jason, you can take question two. So question one is, Craig, it's 4.55 on a Friday afternoon, and you're getting ready to, to close shop and go home. As you look back over the week, how do you know you had a good week at Syrup Marketing? a great question i'm putting myself there now so uh, so i can answer it in, in as honest a way as, as possible a good week at, at, at syrup so we use a tool called slack and there's a channel called being ba it's where we post celebrations of, of uh, our clients winning uh work quality that we do so if it's friday and we've had an active week on that channel where our team is um they're celebrating campaigns launching that have driven client results. We, we have uh, clients, that's where our account leads will post um, just cool things that our clients send to us, either thanks or re- results-oriented things. So we've had a full week of that being BA channel, full and active. Uh, that's a good, successful week. Yeah, for that's, me. that's great. Okay, Jason, question number two. If you were giving a keynote address to the Tractionville community, and you've got one minute to wrap up. What message do you want to share with our Tractionville listeners? I think that it's important to understand that 
you know, oftentimes people start having the EOS conversation when there's issues or challenges within the business. Maybe they've plateaued. Maybe it's organized in a way that's too founder centric, you know, whatever the, the specifications of it are. Um, it, it's first off, you know, there, there's hope in getting past and through um, that stage and that it's much better on the other side. Um, you're unlikely to get there by yourself and doing just more of the things that you've done historically. Bringing in an implementer to serve as that third party uh, mitigator for some, some tough issues is incredibly valuable. Um, and then also, you know, don't put your head down if, if you're in that season where, hey, we've kind of peaked, um, we need to do something different to get to the next level. Pat yourself on the back because it's, you know, not many people can even get to that point um, to face that decision. Um, so pat yourself on the back, be proud of what you've done um, and know that if you change how you're adapting and, and doing these things by way uh, of the EOS and the toolkit, um, it, it's better on the other side. It's better in traction, Bill. <laughs> Love that. Craig, where can our audience learn more about Syrup? Yeah, best place, syrupmarketing.com. Awesome. We will uh, link to that as well as you two find individuals in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your experience, your insights, your wisdom. Tractionville, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you rate us, subscribe, and as always, share with a friend. We would love to also hear your ideas. You can share them with us at TractionvillePodcast.com. And we release an episode every Tuesday. So we'll see you next week for Tractionville Tuesday. Tractionville Tuesday.